Why are you so interested in all this? I was in this coma and, uh... Look, I don't remember nothing. But before I woke up, I felt like I was being pulled towards something. And I don't want to go back. And my, my wife told me I woke up at one point, I said, uh, who am I? Where am I going? What a question. Where am I going when I'm not doing a Sopranos podcast? Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 69 noise episodes of The Sopranos. Um, this one, uh, episode four of season six, The Fleshy Part of the Thigh. I can't help but wonder who put this together, Jim. This episode here was written by uh, Diane Froloff and Andrew Schneider. I believe those are new names. Um, They worked on Northern Exposure with uh, the god himself, David Chase. Uh, This was also directed by Alan Taylor, who's a name we've heard before and we will hear again, I believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think we always bring this up. He's also like a Game of Thrones vet. He's one of those guys. Who isn't these days yeah. in the Sopranos worlds? They all worked on Mad Men and Game of Thrones, didn't they? All these good shows, same people made them all. Uh, before we get any further, I suppose we should say, for everyone following along at home, sorry about the slight delay there. If you're on the podcast years in the future, it doesn't really matter. But we did have a slight summer holiday there mm-hmm. that we didn't quite intend. Uh, our schedules just were shit and didn't line up at all and uh, we were in uh, well i was in a different country uh so it didn't work out but we are back and we will endeavor not to make such a a a large uh break again anytime soon well it's much like the sopranos you know you take breaks sometimes for Mm, whatever reason yeah (laughs) they waited i mean you you waited for season six, didn't you, at yeah. home? If you watched originally, you waited a long time for The Sopranos. So you, this should be old hat to you, really. Um, I do think we have... Is this? Am I looking at... Yeah. So we do have a, 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 a review I just wanted to shout out real quick here uh, from Nick, who says, uh, uh, really enjoying this podcast, re-watching Sopranos as I do the late shift with my newborn, and then listening to this podcast at work to stay awake. Very enjoyable and interesting take on the show from two perspectives. One who's seen it and one who hasn't. Keep up the good work, gents. Thank you very much, Nick, for your review. And for everyone else who's been uh, voicing their appreciation for what we do while we didn't give a fuck about you and went away for a while. But we're back, so it's fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, we are back. Um, and yes, wow, have I missed Tony Soprano, the Sopranos family, uh Polly, of course it Polly. is uh, you know it's like a great wind carries me throughout my day but then when i'm not watching the sopranos that wind feels like a little bit less it's not as strong if you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying <laughs> uh let's get into this episode then uh he our friend tony it does it's probably because of our break but i'm like he's been in this hospital forever <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly probably mainly because i had to watch it twice because i watched it because i thought we were going to do the show ages ago and i had to watch it again now and i'm like he's still going on about this quote (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the the episode does open with uh, paulie striding out of a shop that's not really important though um we have tony still in the hospital he's uh 
they're, they're about to stitch him up. They're about to get him out of there. I feel like we're about to do a, um, a Hank Schrader-esque, like, gonna walk with a limp for one episode, and then I'm fine again. Or wait, no, sorry, he did the whole season, didn't he? <laughs> uh, he's gonna do, we're gonna get the more of a regular television treatment here. He's gonna be fine. But they have lingered on it long enough where I feel it's, you know, the injury feels consequential. Yes, yeah, and um, just the fact that you'd have to sit in a hospital bed with an open wound for a while because that's how it heals or something or other. Like, it's just kind of gross. And, like, even at the beginning, Tony's, like, sweating and he's in pain as they're cleaning up his wound. Uh, He's kind of hitting the morphine button a bit. They're trying to tell him to to settle down on that. Uh, I do want to call out, because it is interesting the way it opens. You know, we got, what, a monster with scuba gear on, and it's a quick shot of Polly quickly cutting to tony but it is that like a shorthand letting us know that this episode is about you know how connected uh tony and Polly are because you know throughout where where we're going at least thus far uh they both are like who am i or you know what kind of person am i or you know they're both rethinking their lives i guess but i mean we'll we'll be getting into that yeah, uh, in his opening scene here, Tony like confides in his nurse that he's felt different ever since he woke up, and his thoughts keep running away from uh, with him. And I suppose like the the amount of time we've spent on him recovering from this so far, it has like it's not just him getting physically better, uh, or uh, it's also like his. Where is his mind at? Like it, 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 it lends more weight to the long dream sequences that we've had because now we're in the real world and especially at the end of the episode. I, I hope, I'm not sure, but I, I hope that this will have some sort of lasting effect on Tony <laughs> and that he won't just be back to exactly the same. Like he can still act the same, but like you can see a clear shift in his mind and I'll be really interesting uh, interested to see how that pans out. But either way, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and then, well, Tony gets a dinosaur book and as you know now, dinosaurs are birds. We see dinosaurs in the book. Then we see birds. And, of course, Tony and ducks. So, di- of course, dinosaurs are very important to Tony, right? <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> that is how that works. And it's kind of a... Isn't it kind of a monster at the start there that looks a bit like a dinosaur, too? Like a scuba diving monster? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. It's all connected, man. This show's so deep. Uh, yeah, he's, like, really excited about these dinosaurs. Um, and I don't know. I think that's... <laughs> That's pretty much it for that scene, right? Well, I mean, plus, as um, uh, Mr. Schwinn says, you know, everything is all connected. It's everything's mm. the same, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah. Then we have what Barone sanitation. We did discuss. And again, like we've mentioned, we've been on a, on a break here. So we did discuss in the previous episode. They do mention that the uh, owner of Barone sanitation did pass away. Uh, so now we see his son. Now, this is a little puzzling because... Sometimes people don't know who Tony Soprano is. And sometimes people are like, oh, my God, that's Tony Soprano. Like, because he's on the news or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. it's a little far-fetched that he's like, Anthony Soprano. I got this guy, Anthony Soprano, on the books. I don't, uh, I don't know who this is. And then we see that it's hilarious when we get to see the Paulies 
like employee of the month picture or whatever it is. Yes. And he's like, oh, Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's just to show that this guy doesn't quite understand what his family's mixed up in. And uh, but he's I don't know. It's very naive. Mm, yeah, I, I didn't react that way, um, really, because I kind of felt like a lot of people don't know what's going on in the news anyway, although yeah. he has grown up in that area. I mean, he should know better, but I think because we have the mother lay there going like, please, we kept him separate from all of this. We didn't want him to know what was going on. That's why I can believe it, like, because he's obviously never been involved in the business. Uh, he just wants to get rid of it. Uh, so so I, I didn't have that reaction, but I can certainly see uh, where you're coming from. We have seen this guy, Jason Barone, before, haven't we? Or is he new? I, I didn't want to Google it in case I found out when um, he dies or whatever. I don't know if we've seen him before. Okay. We may, I mean, we may have, but I, I don't think so. I think this might be the first time. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so what do we have after that, Jim? We have more of Tony in the hospital bed blaming the quote there on Janice. <laughs> who says, no, I didn't put this up. And it's funny that this has become an important thing to Tony. Of course it has. Yeah, because um, it's like staring him in the face. And, <laughs> yes. you know, people are commenting on it. It's an important thing. And in the Sopranos session, um, Alan Sepinwall does describe, I think I might have brought this up already, but he does describe it as like a fancy way of saying poor you, which I guess is kind of kind of nice. Although when he brought that up to David Chase, David Chase is like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right of course um so we we have this scene uh but i feel that it gets a lot more fun when janice's old fling comes in uh with the like their protest sign that says womb is gods and they're there for some idiotic religious reason no offense everybody and uh they're trying to get the job back as someone who refused to sell pills or whatever it doesn't matter uh it's just a fun way to reintroduce some uh religion here well it's interesting because that is something that you know happened again not too long ago with uh someone refusing to, uh, I forget if it was like a morning after pill or it was something to do with healthcare on abortions, but you know, it's a cycle. Like this is stuff, uh, at least here in America, it's constantly the push and pull. He does have a Terry Schiavo shirt, which, uh, was a big thing at the time, like in Oh five. Um, she was kind of like an invalid or she was in a, uh, I don't, I forget if she was in like a coma or kind of brain dead. And it was this big discussion on, you know, whether she should be euthanized or, you know, she was in a, yeah, she was in a irreversible, persistent vegetative state. And it was the discussion of like, is it harming this person by keeping them alive with machines? So weird little call out there, kind of selling the time and place. Uh, very fun to see this character again. And then the pastor guy or whatever he is that comes in, he's, he, I feel like he's perfectly cast because he has like crazy face. Yeah, like he he just kind of looks a little off, and mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just naturally how he looks or if he's somehow really getting into this part, but it's it works perfectly. Yeah, Pastor Bob's great um, because I feel like Tony's uh, trying to find an explanation. Like he's even asking his nurse, like, "What's up? Why do I feel different?" He mm -hmm. he wants an answer from somewhere that doesn't just involve dinosaurs. Um, 
So, you know, Pastor Bob is ready to step in, bottom feeding, as they say, just wandering the hospital trying to convert people, because when they're in that state, it's the best time for it. Yeah. Um, so they do some quick prayers there, just because he's going into surgery. And, you know, there's been clinical studies, uh, Carmela says, and all. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do well, like Pastor Bob, because he, in a way, in this first scene, even with the crazy uh, eyes, he kind of represents someone who has or seems to have a bit of authority and a bit of like, I will tell you what's up. And he says, you know, maybe because Tony says, oh, I, I deal all this with all this with my local priest or whatever. And Pastor Bob says, well, God doesn't want you to love him through intermediaries, just love him directly. And it's great that that's in such contrast to him later on when he's like, oh, I want you to come to our church. And also, <laughs> as long as we remember that evolution is Satan's plan and all, like totally <laughs> reversing on what he's saying here. But uh, I can see how it's a little bit attractive to Tony to the point where like he, he does the proper amen after the prayer, even if he thinks it's a bit silly. Later, when the pastor shows up, he he welcomes him and all. But then he sort of see, when the pastor reveals like, oh, this is my agenda. That's when Tony's like, all right, I I get you. I get you. I get this is humanity again. I understand this. There's nothing bigger than that going on here. Well, it is. It's it's uh, it's running right up to the line of like a farce almost the way people just keep walking into Tony's uh, life now at this moment when he's in the hospital and kind of having differing spiritual opinions and advice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very entrenched and tied into the coma dreams, but, but it all works. And the, and I love the whole thing with Viagra because I'm with Carmela. Like I think Tony's fucking around, but Tony's like, I'm not fucking around. <laughs> like, I don't know really what to, how to read from that because it does seem like he's he's being a wise ass. And Carmela says that, and he's just like, "What? What do you mean?" And but I kind of believe that he is when he says, "What do you mean?" That he was like legit asking about Viagra and the quit the the timing of when he goes and listen up because this concerns you too. Uh, to yes. Carmela is perfect. Like Gandolfini, <laughs> like really nailing that line. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, and Ed's like, what I do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have a, a quick surgery scene then where they do they do uh, stitch him up, and the doctor makes a joke like, "My God, I found Jimmy Hoffa." Uh, yeah, funny, funny yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, we move on to have again more people kind of wandering in there. Uh, Meadow reading from the dinosaur book. Uh, Jason Barone shows up with Polly, and he gets he gets a talking to here. He, they sort of laid out for him, like, don't you go and try to sell now. We, we want to take care of you. We don't want to see you get hurt. So it's interesting here what's going on. Uh, obviously, we know where it ends up. Do they not want him to sell at all? Or what, are they what do you think their goal is here? Yeah, I think they either don't want him to sell at all or at the very least uh, to one of their guys. Because much like who we see, what is it, like Chanelli or whatever later in the episode, that's basically one of Johnny Sachs' guys. But I yeah. think they would probably prefer, yeah, don't sell at all because they're running business as usual. Um, or I think Tony does mention, let me talk to a few people. But th there's still the veneer of niceness here at this point. There's still the polite, like, ah, wait till I get out of here. We'll go over the numbers. And I think Paul even drops some, like, business lingo. Like, do you even know, you know, uh, return after capital and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah there, it, it's the classic 
mob guy where they're being nice but if you understand the situation like he's he still doesn't understand the situation so he's not reading that yeah they're being nice but they're also saying like hey this is this is gonna be bad for you you know if they hadn't been so nice it probably would have worked out better for this guy right because if they were like if you sell now we're gonna break your legs he wouldn't have tried to sell he wouldn't have gotten himself in that tricky situation right or would the other would the other crew have tried to take over those routes anyway? I don't know. I don't no. know. I feel like I, I feel like again, this is going back to like the he's so naive. Like he should yeah. understand he should be able to read the room here. But I guess yeah. what? He's a ski instructor, he's been shielded by his parents, so he doesn't get it. But he should he should understand what's happening. Yeah. Um so time to get the B plot rolling here. We have Polly showing up at a convent, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah. Really nice place uh, with nuns outside uh, trimming the grass. And so we, we all know what happens in this scene. Polly finds out that the person he thought was his aunt is actually his mother. This is so unbelievably common. Um, it's The only thing I would say is more common is when people find out that someone they think is their mother is actually their grandmother. And the mm. person they think is their older sister is actually their mother. Uh, going back, I mean, in the UK, it was extremely common. I don't know about the US, but just like, that's a thing that happens a lot. It is very much believable to me. Uh, how did you feel about this development? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm actually kind of surprised for you to say how common it is. But yeah, I guess, I mean, you're also speaking from a place of authority you have you work some... for a genealogy company <laughs> yes. that uh yeah <laughs> so yeah let me uh, not go into specifics just trust me on this it happens <laughs> oh that's interesting um yeah i i i mean i love this storyline um i because well i love that it I, I random's not the right way to describe it but it's such an interesting thing to put with you know Polly walnuts here um yes <laughs> and the way we know him and it really is it's like something i would never think of but it pull it fully you know is this character being like my life is a lie because what we know about Polly, you know besides him being kind of like a wise ass who's like super cheap and selfish we know he loves his mother and that's like the main thing like he doesn't have a wife he doesn't have kids he takes care of his mom and that's like an important thing to him and for something like this to happen, it truly does put him in a like, oh my god, my life is a lie. What now? Uh, so I really like it. I just I didn't. It did seem kind of out of nowhere, but you saying that it's actually pretty common. Uh, that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, uh, it's like his mother is the only thing he loves, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't even have the painting anymore, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he doesn't have anything left in his life that he cares about. Uh, so not surprisingly, this is a big upheaval for him. It is great how, uh, I mean, jumping ahead, he, he this is obviously very tumultuous for him. And then at the end, I do love the thing where he's seen Jason Barone and the love that his mother has for him and how that, you know, it makes him very emotional in the moment. But then later he wants to take that away from Jason. He wants to punish Jason for being loved by his mother, yeah. uh, which is such a great uh, move. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. love it because he doesn't really need those 4000 a month. It's not his to take or claim, but like it's really just motivated by him But it's uh, it, going, fuck this. It's also the cost to keep his mind Green Grove. 
And I is f- it? Yeah, because I because f- he does bring that up when he's talking to Tony, like four grand a month uh, for that nursing home. So I do. I feel like Tony gets through to him because what Tony says is very re- like very reasonable. With, like yeah. I know we're jumping around, but like towards the end here, when Tony's like, she's still like she, maybe she's not biologically your mother, but she's still your mother. Like she's still. Like she still loves Polly, and what Tony brings up, like all, all the times that she was still there for him. So I feel like Bailed that. Kind of, I, I feel like that does get through to him, and I think he's gonna keep her there. But yeah, he's gonna make Barone fit the bill or or okay. uh, or fill the bill. And, and I'm not even speaking on this from like an authority because I don't remember uh, mm. if that's what happens or not. Even though I have seen all the episodes, it's been a long time. But I, I, I do think it's not a coincidence that he asked for four grand a month. That's great. I really like that because he's lashing out, but then, like you said, he's probably going to use that to keep his mother there, but then it's like Jason Barone is paying a tax on being loved by his mother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, Polly's mother just died, too. He yeah. just found out, like, at the last possible moment, didn't have a chance to process it, so he's in such a bad way that he doesn't even go to the funeral, and he just is full of hate and everything. So I would love if there's an extra layer there where he also keeps uh, his, uh, you know, foster mother in, in Green... or aunt in Green Grove. That would be great. Yeah, um, yeah then we have the scene with where they're kind of making statements on American healthcare here, uh, where the the yeah. lady comes in, the attractive woman comes in to kind of, I mean, she looks like she's maybe a doctor or something. And I love Tony's attitude shift, uh, where he's kind of starting out like a little flirty. And then mm-hmm. once she realized like she works for the insurance company and they're kind of uh, crunching the old numbers to see if it's worth keeping him here in the hospital. Cause they got to free a bed up and get the next person in and, you know, keep the bill from getting too high. They mentioned the wallet biopsy where, you know, they check to yeah. make sure he has insurance. Otherwise they'll dump him off at a shittier hospital. And it, it, uh, what he calls her a cunt. I forget the exact, like, his exact phrasing, but he's like, get out of my room. You sick cunt or something like that. Yes. Uh, I think this is mainly to increase the urgency of him, like holding on to Brown's sanitation. So he has like healthcare through that. Is that the main purpose of this or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it because that he does start bringing that up uh, between the W2 and the uh, the healthcare he gets from his fake what's a, job. What's a W2? That's like a, uh, it's basically a tax form that says you make money from a legit job. So, you know, with all the, with the way right. these guys operate, they have money all the time and it to, to at least show the reason why he could have a house that he has or the car that he has, it has to look like he's getting it from a legit source of income. And that's why he has a, a job in title only that he doesn't have to show up in because it basically right. hides him from the feds. I think there's, uh, there's two things with Tony where at the end of the episode, the show kind of wants to show him being more zen and letting go of things after his discussions about everything being part of a great thing and there not being a dichotomy of good and evil and they're all fighting is you know an illusion and all this stuff like all that philosophy and it it sort of lodges in his brain together with his recent experiences so they have this where he can eventually after being so enraged that he throws up in a later scene (laughs) uh, there's a big contrast between that and him agreeing to the deal that's presented to him and then there's also this bit about the wallet biopsy and like out of spite 
and anger towards like the system even though he is operates outside the system and like steals money yeah uh, he's still so angry at the system that he wants like this uh, uh ambulance worker to uh give him money because just just cause um so that sort of gives him another thing that he can let go of later in the episode to show that he's a bit more chilled out so uh, that's also kind of introduced here yeah well and also even even going back to the pilot one of the first scams that we see tony come up with is you know he they run that guy over outside of a like an hmo like a like a healthcare place and then he gets an mri because he's passing out and he's like we can do these phony MRIs and build the insurance companies and steal all this money. Uh, yes. So it's like another way to tie it in. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's a great point. So he's, I mean, he's always scabbing the system, yeah. but he's still so disgusted by what she does, even though he literally goes around, well, not himself, he has people for that, but like go around and threaten people and hurt people and get them to give him money. Like, he's not really... Uh, he doesn't have the moral high ground, but he wants to anyway. It's all it's all part of Tony and the many layers of his brain. Yes, yeah. Because um, then from there, uh, let me see. What do we have after that? Oh yeah, there's well, the rapper, uh, or is yeah, there something before I, that? Uh, yeah, no, uh, X Lex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, laxative. He um, he. Uh, Tony's sort of going for a walk and kind of overhears. Uh, this rapper sort of weeping and like being all <laughs> upset about the seven caps he caught, which you know I would say it's quite re- quite reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but they're sort of pointing out how you know this is actually good for your career. And then uh, there's another guy who uh, X Lax was supposed to produce his uh, album or whatever, uh, but that's not going to happen now. So Bobby gives him a alternative solution to give him some more cred. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit there, but I do like that Bobby's there like, are you an artist my son would know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so on. Well, yeah, because it's, it's really funny when the guy's crying and he's like, it really hurts, man. And he's like, and, but I mean, he's like, I'm going to lose my thumb and that'd be horrible. Uh, yeah. But And then the, the manager, whoever it is that he's speaking to, you know, like you mentioned, he's like, yeah, well, this is actually really good for you. It helps your cred, which you know has been a problem since you had a job for so long. <laughs> Such a funny little line. Like, because it's, yeah. it's weird because it feels like it does make sense, like, uh, but it also still feels, it feels like the, obviously the Sopranos writing room doesn't quite get hip hop. So there's definitely this what? disconnect. <laughs> there's definitely this disconnect where it kind of feels kind of legit, but it's got this, uh, you know, disconnect. And even going back to what was it like massive DJ or whatever his name was that was like working with right. Adriana and then had an issue with Hesh. Um, but yeah, and Bobby's kind of coming off of Tony had told him earlier in this episode when him and Janice were in there and Bobby like apologized again about the uncle June situation and Tony's like, you know, you can't be hiding behind this brother-in-law shit much longer. So I do feel like at least Bobby's trying to take some initiative here. Uh, and the, the other rapper that, that Bobby's working with is played by Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the Naughty by Nature, but that is the guy from no. there. 
Okay. You never heard OPP? OPP? Okay, yeah, you know okay. Me. I have heard OPP on Jim and Them yeah. at jimandthem.com. That's uh, the guy. Podcast. That's the guy right there. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. He should he the guy who got shot in the fleshy part of the thigh. That's yeah. he's from OPP? Yes. Cool. I do love, too, oh. when he's just kind of writing some raps. Like, it's not even that great. And then Bobby's like, yeah. are you writing a song? I always wondered how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to see that happen. <laughs> yep. You do the rhymes, Bobby. That's how it happens. Um, very dramatic scene coming up next where Polly goes to confront his quote-unquote mother um, who denies it all at first, understandably. Now, she's always had a personality that like no one in Greengrove gets along with her and it's kind of been clear why. Like She's been like a kind of annoying person as well so imagine loving someone unconditionally and then figuring out that they stabbed you in the back like that yeah <laughs> um so i kind of see where polly's coming from but she did always love polly yeah. um she's you know she's no um she's not like tony's mother you know yeah um which is pointed out later as well um but yeah you know you gotta feel for for polly here yeah, yeah, poor Polly. I do love the actress that plays his ma or his aunt now. Um yeah. because I, I think actually all the like elder actresses or actors on the show are great cuz even going back to his biological mother uh in her scene, but I just they they play the perfect like kind of aloof like old person that doesn't quite get what's going on but is, you know, in the moment. Uh, and I, you know, I still, I feel for Polly, but I feel for her. Yeah. Uh, then we have kind of back to Bobby and the rapper. He's out smoking a cigar and he pitches this idea. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess it's kind of obvious, but it's interesting because Tony's the one that overhears the stuff about this adding more cred, but then Bobby's the one that hatches this plan. But, you know, maybe, maybe we're not giving Bobby enough credit for how smart he is. Um, yeah, well, his son told him, I think he says oh, that's in right. that earlier yeah. scene that like, <laughs> uh, his son said it was great for him. Maybe it would be great for you too. Um, yeah, it's also, I mean, the fleshy part of the thigh, think about it for one second. That is your ass. Yeah. Like, so that, this is very funny. It's yeah. a very funny goof because no one's going to get more cred by being shot in the ass. And that's exactly what happens later. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's funny and, and well done. And Bobby wouldn't get that that would be a problem. <laughs> Although you feel like he should, uh, with all their sort of macho machismo they got going on, yeah. feels like he should know yeah. that you need to shoot a bit lower than that to yeah. to give that credit. And he he does sell himself as a marksman, so he should be able to hit his target. Yeah, uh, he just aimed a little high. Yeah. Uh, then we have Polly back at the hospital, and we get a quick a quick shot of uh, Father Phil. He's there. He wants to talk. He. It's such a great interaction because he's like, "Oh, hey, Polly, uh, you know how's Tony doing?" He's like, "A lot better than the nuns you got up there." Because like, it's like it's, it's so great because uh, <laughs> Father Phil's not in the rest of the episode, is he? No. So he just kind of gets told that and kind of goes home. I, I assume, which is great. Because <laughs> it's just great. Because it's like not like he has any, you know. I mean, yeah, he has like a passing relationship because they're nuns and he's a priest. But I doubt he has anything to do with that convent or any of those nuns. But you know, to Polly, he represents it all right there, and he doesn't—he doesn't need that in his life at the moment. Um, Tony's watching Kung Fu with uh, David Carradine, who was also Kill Bill, who also uh, died uh, hanging himself while jerking off. 
Um, <laughs> but right. I didn't really quite make this connection, but when I was reading the Soprano session, it is kind of like a connection to the monks from his dream. And I don't know, mm. it's like Tony kind of remembering it a little bit because he's talking about how, you know, I used to watch this all the time when I was a kid. Uh, and I mean, I know he doesn't quite remember his coma stuff, but I don't know if there's kind of some, um, something kind of resonating with him here as he's watching this. Interesting. My takeaway was, what is this show? It looks great. I want to watch it because they got like weird eyes. They're calling each other grasshopper. I'm like, I've already finished Cobra Kai. I'm waiting on that season three. Just give me, just give me all of this. I might watch that uh, for our next episode. <laughs> yeah, it's to see if there's any more uh, layers there. Because yeah, it's. It, do you have you seen the show? It seems like a cheesy kung fu show. I I mean I remember it being like a thing when I was real little. Um, and like yeah, people would quote like oh patience grasshopper or um there's that line in pulp fiction i think like i just i want to i'm gonna wander the the land like kane and kung fu i think i think his name's kane um so i mean tarantino obviously a big fan and yeah i guess it was just kind of like tv uh like mystical philosophy through kung fu i think the show is just called kung fu yes it seems yeah. to be. Well, I will look into that and get back to you, or I won't. We'll see. Um, so Tony gets talking with uh, John, John Schwinn, who works at Bell Labs, which makes me think of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Everyone go too. listen to Maisel Men on showswithyouknow.com. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a fantastic show. Don't let the name fool you. Uh, just like Gilmore Girls. Uh, it's a great show, and we do a podcast on it called Maisel Men, where someone works at Bell Labs. So does this guy. Uh, Tony starts calling him like a rocket scientist or whatever, which I think is uh, probably not accurate. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Well, this character is great, and... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just love him. I love this guy. Well, speaking of Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls are in this episode um, when Polly goes back to his his aunt slash mom's house and she has the flat screen TV. Gilmore Girls is playing on the TV when he throws it out the window. Oh, nice. I think I saw that the first time I watched this, but I, I forgot about it there for for the second one. Yeah. Oh, we love we love Amy Sherman Palladino over here. So yeah, uh, go check that out. I promise. I know you like and The Sopranos. You're like a cool person who loves gangsters. Go watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the um, uh, Schwinn is played by Hal Holbrook, which is a name I know, but I don't really know a lot about him. I just know he's a famous name I've heard throughout my life. Um, I guess looking at it, he was in The Fog, Creep Show, Wall Street uh men of honor uh oh he was in he, he was he, he gained international fame for his performance as deep throat in all the president's men so it's a classic shout out but yeah he is a great character he's got a great voice and oh, yeah. um yeah he, he's representing a different uh philosophy for tony as the episode goes th- goes through and i kind of uh, not to like jump around again but I wonder how to read it. Like, does Tony kind of see it as he's almost punished for being like a man of science or a man of, I don't want to say chaos, but his whole thing is that like, yeah, everything is everything. And it's only what we perceive in our mind. But then by the end, he gets his larynx taken out and he can't speak and he's in the hospital. Um, So I don't know. I was trying to think of what Tony would read from that because... I almost expected Tony to react more negatively to uh, Pastor Bob when he starts shitting on dinosaurs. 
Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, I don't know. I feel like maybe he looks down on Schwinn by the end, and it's like God punishes him for the shitty talks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel that at all. I just felt like, um, you know, it was a way to hit home this feeling he has of he should have been he sh- he should have been dead, and like every day is like uh, extra from this point on. Yeah. Um, and so. And sort of to emphasize that we have someone who like they're really great at talking and thinking and you're going to take away his ability to talk, I assume. Yeah. Um, And just as a sort of sign of the random chaotic nature of the universe to sort of make him stop and, you know, smell the roses, look up at the leaves and all that as he does at the end. And just as a, I don't know, maybe a sense of this guy should have been around and I shouldn't have. Maybe there's something there, too. I, I didn't see it as him being pushed towards, uh, you know, back towards thinking more of a heaven and hell sort of way anyway. True. Yeah. I do like this little community they're building of, like, the people on this floor of the hospital. Yeah. Because now, like, yeah, the rapper rolls up and, you know, he has them stop and Tony thanks him for signing a CD for his kid. He calls him, what, the original G. Uh, and, you know, invites them over to his room because they get satellite and they're going to be watching the fight. Uh, But yeah, like these little neighbors, this little neighborhood that's building here in the hospital. Yeah, this could be a hospital show that you'd watch (laughs) and it would be about the patients rather than the doctors. And yeah, that that would be quite interesting. Uh, Like you said, he calls him original G and Tony's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But I also (laughs) feel like he kind of likes that he has this respect too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Um, I mean, of course, I I forget if you mentioned it or not, but, you know, Tony, because Polly does mention that that, uh, Phil is there. And, you know, at first he's like, should I bring him up? But Tony, of course, doesn't want Phil to see him in his bed. That's why he has to make this big stance of walking downstairs. And he's even like smoking a cigar, even if it's not quite the best look, because he's still even kind of like shaking a little bit. And it's clearly like yeah. he's he's not he's not 100 percent. And I, I, I like this back and forth that happens because two of the bosses now. One of them's in the hospital, almost died, and the other one is in prison that could probably be out of the picture for a long time. And these underlings are kind of have to deal with it, but there's this, you know, simmering undertone of like, you know, how much longer are we going to get yelled at by these fucking weak ass bitches, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, so you meant, uh, you meant like Polly feels that way or about Tony or no, I don't necessarily feel like Polly feels that way, but just but in, like Vito. Ge- in general. Yeah. Whether it be Vito and then, you know, cause Phil has to serve as the go between. Um, and you know, he's kind of getting yelled at by Johnny and then other people, maybe in Tony's crew. It just does. It's, it's just interesting that both of these bosses, they have to, you know, admit this, uh, image of strength but they you know they're in very terrible situations yes and let's not even get into junior (laughs) who's supposedly still the boss uh on paper so uh he uh tony relies on Polly to back him up here Polly doesn't like where's silvio when you need him like get silvio in here yeah uh but yeah Polly's really distracted and to be fair yeah he does get a call finds out that his biological mother has passed away uh which tony is a bit sort of you know, understanding towards there in the elevator on the way back up. And, but he kind of talks about like, I wonder, do they have hair up there under those nun 
robes? Is, is that what's going on? Uh, Polly clearly doesn't want to talk about it because he's still still stewing about the whole thing. Um, and yeah, that, then we just have the the what's it called? Uh, the guys who work in an ambulance. What are they called? Oh, the EMT or paramedic. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say ATM. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's not right. Um, well, in this case, it's kind of right because they want to take out some money. Um, <laughs> well, before me. before we continue, we do need to add. Um, I, I don't even. What was her name? Uh, what was Polly's biological mother's name? Oh shit! Yeah, of course. Um, bu- 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 was it? Oh no, Nucci is his aunt slash mom, right? Correct. Yes, uh, Mara Nucci. Let me um, see, Father Phil. Oh, Aunt Dottie. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that is exactly right. So okay. we, uh, I mean, that's a legit death. I mean, it's yes. it's an important one, especially for Polly. Let's put it on the boards. So put it up on the board. Gotcha, Malanga. Uh, it's even better now that I know where it's from. <laughs> yeah. So we're at sixty-one deaths and sixteen walkouts still. And uh, um, well, well, and plus going back to t- Polly getting the news, Tony is still kind of in the dark on the full situation. You know, yeah. it's it's a little bit different than you, you know. Obviously, it's horrible. If a family member dies, whether it be your aunt or whatever. But you know, someone you recently found out is actually your mother. And I do, it, it, like, I feel for Polly in all these scenes when Tony's kind of yelling at him <laughs> and like getting annoyed by him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's nice. He does like eventually confide in him on what's going on, but Tony is doing like on one hand, I'm totally rooting for Tony, like going through this situation, going through his coma dream, uh, kind of rethinking his life and who he is, but there's still that Tony Soprano because he even like throws, he starts saying the Ojibwe saying to other people. And yes. not, but he's not putting it to himself at all, you know. Of course, he's he's, he's putting on everyone else. That's they're all saying "woe is me." When meanwhile, he, I mean, I think he even when he yells at Polly about it, he even says like, "So like you're in the hospital with uh, tubes coming out, and you can eat normal food." Uh, so there's still that Tony Soprano we know and love there. Yep. Um, so we get into this scene where they're watching the big fight. And like we said, it's a glorious mix of people in here. Uh, the rapper and there's a couple of girls and his entourage. And then this uh, old scientist guy, John and Tony. And they're all, and, and Polly's there as well, upset. And they're all kind of bullshitting. And like some guy has to hold the, the satellite dish. Um, and they don't have good reception. And John gets talking about how those two guys fighting there on the screen, you know, they're, they're not different. They're, they're part of the same thing. Tornadoes seems to be one thing, but the wind is just stirred in different directions, etc. And this all really resonates with Tony. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 again, it almost reminds me of when Tony, when they were up at the farm and Tony saw the thing about terrorism, it's kind of, it's starting to reek of like, okay, this is Tony's thing now. That's like super important to him. And he wants everyone, he wants everyone else to be concerned with what he's concerned about. But there's still, there's some hope there. There's some hope that maybe things are getting through to him. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like he could easily mangle this guy's quote next episode and tell someone like <laughs> you ever think about you just like molecules or whatever <laughs> and then they go what and then he shoots him um that's a thing that could easily happen um 
so yeah, we have you know. Oh, uh, uh, we we, like, we we quickly. I mean, it's a quick thing, but we should call out that AJ got a job at Blockbuster. Uh, oh, right. Carmilla apologized. They seem to be on better terms. Um, and then you did mention the paramedic and the wallet biopsy. Now, clearly, the guy never stole money from Tony. This is just his weird, uh, like revenge on the fact that uh, on the system, right? That they're yeah. asking for two thousand dollars from him. Oh yeah, because. Yeah, I don't like. I'm very on the outside of how this works. Of like, you have to find proof of insurance and and yeah. all this. Uh, it's very American. I don't really follow yeah. it, so I trust it to your uh, analysis, Jim. Oh, but I'm just I'm just saying like he did because because Tony's trying to say there was cat. Like he didn't just check for his ID, his insurance. He actually stole two thousand dollars from his wallet. Like that's what Tony's telling him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That definitely didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, but just as far as like why he's mad at this guy, uh, should he be? I don't know. I guess not. This is America. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. It's really hard to tell. Uh, but there, then we get the continuing negotiations. We get a scene in prison with some terms set. We get the scene I mentioned where Tony's really upset. So he throws up all over himself. <laughs> not a great look for the boss. Um, and he gets uh, Polly to go and explain things. Uh, to Jason, who's really into rowing, I guess, uh, gets him to gets him to go and lay things out more clearly. That you know, it's coming out of your ass if you don't sort this out. So then, I, I'm just sort of speeding through here. But then he goes and talks to the guy he's selling it to at the golf course, and he finally slowly starts to understand that yeah. he's in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, and I do. I do want to say like, it's another it's another classic example. Like, they're not going to go to battle with you know, other gangsters for, for doing a thing that they don't enjoy. They're going to go to this, you know, person who doesn't have much of an out and make, make him pay for it. And I just, I do also want to call it. I love, there's another example. Like I love the way they, they shoot New Jersey. Um, not that I've been there a bunch. I've been there before, but they, they always kind of have, um, really good like parallels, like, where you know there's this nature but like right next to a freeway like because the way he's rowing like he's rowing under like almost like a freeway bridge or something and it reminds me of like that whenever they have the funerals it's in that great cemetery but it's like again like right near right near a freeway uh i just like how it you know kind of clashes like nature and city and you know uh jersey but yeah things are finally coming through to jason that uh uh-oh uh, maybe I didn't make the the best choices. And then he goes to what Ch- Chinelli and he's saying, you know, those are my routes. We shook hands. <laughs> we shook hands. Like there's some honor there or something like, no, we shook hands. That means it's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do agree about the, the location there. It's like a real ugly looking industrial bridge, but then yeah. beautiful shots of it, you know? Yes. So yeah. there's a nice contrast there. Um, so Polly gets back to the hospital and Tony's there, you know, some girl came in with burns. And like you said, he's like, he's like, what? There's a girl burned in there and you're only concerned about yourself. Uh, like he loves to do. Like, yes. there's terrorists out there and you're worried about this. <laughs> and like, you just found out about that five minutes ago. Uh-huh. Um, but Polly does spill the beans and gets to the point of saying like this, his whole life is a joke um, at his expense, basically. And, um, so, you know, that's fun. Yeah, and and he does, I think, literally say like, "Who am I?" And then, yeah, yep. who the fuck is this Russ prick? Because yeah, that's the other. 
I don't know if Tony, they'd ever mentioned in the past if Polly knew like a father or had some sort of father figure that passed away or anything. I, I, I don't remember if they mentioned that, but either way, now there's this whole other situation of this other guy that's out there or probably not anymore that was his yeah. father. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I feel for Polly and I'm just like, just give him a break, Tony. <laughs> He's up on him. Uh, yeah. Then we see more innocent people facing consequences for their bullshit as you know like i like that it's it's just this quick scene but you know having his son be there it just seems like on one hand uh you feel for them because clearly he's only there because the kid's on vacation from school and like they don't have anyone else to watch him so he's on his father's you know trash job but then like yeah. the son's kind of happy like he thinks it's fun he wants to do it all the time. So it's just like quick shorthand, but then he gets fucking the shit beat out of him. Uh, yeah. And this poor kid has to watch it happen. Yep. Yeah, that is, like you said, it's uh, a staple of the Sopranos <laughs> and of the message behind the show. Although David Chase would probably uh, disagree, as he's wont to do. Yeah. But like the fact that people make decisions and it doesn't really affect them. The people who are making decisions, they are not the ones affected by them. It's the little people. Um, yeah, this is America. That's the yeah. world just in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we have the Gilmore Girls scene, like you said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where Polly comes in, grabs the TV, throws it out the window. It's a hilarious uh, uh, gag where it falls and someone's just driving past in their automated uh, uh, wheelchair there. So that's fun. <laughs> Two thousand bucks for a woman I don't even know. Throws it out and says, I, "I think he says I never want to see you again," and so on. Yeah, I do love the detail that, like, it, it's another perfect example of just how funny this show is, and just that someone was like, "All right, let's just have a lady, you know, zipping by on her uh, motorized wheelchair, and she won't even react." You know, it adds yes. a nice little it because it doesn't. I don't feel like it undercuts the scene at all. Like the 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 big problem sometimes with mixing your drama with humor is sometimes it can pull away uh, yep. and undercut it. But I don't feel like The Sopranos really does that. They 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 always have a great blend of it, uh, and it's just just such a great like it's such a small moment. But even when I was rewatching it, I just admired the the fact that they did it and it worked so well. Yeah, I think uh, personally, I feel like that happens a lot in uh, Marvel movies where yeah. they have a good moment and then for comedy, they just have to undercut it. And like the joke is usually that it is sort of undercut. You build to something and then it sort of punctures it like a balloon. And here it's a separate thing, but it builds on it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, it works here and it doesn't always. It's not yeah. easy. Absolutely. Um so, yeah, he basically cuts her off and, you know, he doesn't want to see her again. And then we have Jason back with Tony and Polly. And now it's, you know, Chanelli's not going to budge. Oh, and they're bla Oh, yeah. They're blaming him because they're like, this poor guy <laughs> got beat up in front of his kid, you know, and it's your fault. Like, yeah, it's 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 Jason's fault. And they're yelling at him. Oh, and then I think Tony makes some comments like, you know, uh, you're worse than my kid. You know, I don't want to see this. Get him the fuck out of here because uh, he's saying like fair. He's like, this isn't fair, which is I know a lot of people will say that. And Tony's giving the the answer you give to some people like, oh, life isn't fair. But this he, what he's saying is literally not fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is true. <laughs> and I love that Polly's taking out his aggression on this guy yeah. when when he's leading him out like, uh, but how was I supposed to know? My family didn't tell me about any of this. And he's like, don't you communicate in your family? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throwing him out. Oh, I just great. love it. Because he has all this extra anger and so does Tony. And it's really like none of it's really about this. Um, another comical scene where uh, our secondary rapper... Uh, the guy who's not X-Lax, uh, OPP, shows up with Bobby, hands him 7,000, haggles him down for a quick bullet to the ass, uh, and he can take, you know, blame it on Dr. Droop or whoever. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Droop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to know when it's coming. You decide. Yeah. Which which would make sense. I wouldn't want to know. Just, you know, just shoot me and uh, make sure you use your marksman skills and yep. we'll handle this. Oh, and I do, the next scene's great, too. Another funny moment when Tony's reading his dinosaur book, and, you know, Christopher's just reading some magazine, whatever, and Tony's like, you know that they're saying that <laughs> in the history of the world was the Empire State Building that, you know, human beings would only be like a postage at the top. And then Chris is just like, uh, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I forget his exact <laughs> phrasing, but he just looks at her and he's like, uh, I reject that idea. <laughs> well, no, yeah, he says, uh, you realize how insignificant that makes us? And uh, yeah, I kind of respect the response of like, I don't feel that way. That's I don't what feel is, like yeah. we're insignificant just because of that. <laughs> Which, you know, you could read as a greater philosophical argument of humans and our ability to interact with the world and and, uh, be cognizant about things and make podcasts. Uh, But I think in this case, it's literally just like, no, I'm important. I'm the best. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And yeah, Hesh rolls through and I believe that's with his daughter or... Yeah. Yeah. Because they're mentioning the guy that we saw that get the shit kicked out of him. Uh, in an earlier episode this season because they thought it was someone else, that whole deal with Hesh in New York or whatever. Uh, Pastor Bob rolls through and, you know, more talk about... I, he gives them a book called Born Again and, you know, more talk about uh, spirituality and, you know, God. But this is where he kind of starts to show the seams a little bit when he's when he's like, yeah, dinosaurs and people... They live together. Uh, the Earth's only 6,000 years old. And I, I, like I said earlier, I'm kind of surprised. I, like, I almost expect Tony to lash out and be like, oh, you fucking idiot, get out of here. But I don't know. He kind of lets him say his thing. Yeah. Uh, what I felt from this was, like I said, I, I kind of went into it earlier that Tony's a bit more open to this earlier. And then it's almost like a relief for him mentally when this guy shows that, oh, no, oh, yeah. I'm actually a piece of shit. Yeah. And Tony's like, I knew you were a piece of shit. Yeah. Everyone's a piece of shit. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm relieved that I don't have to, you know, submit to your authority. And but I think that's also partially because he's found like a thing he's excited about at the moment. So sometimes I swear he, he's probably like, you know, really worried about God and all this stuff. And then he's like, we're all just molecules. And that's what he's going to think now for a while until he changes his mind again but for the moment anyway it is kind of comical and again this is you know no offense looking in at america this is absurd that someone <laughs> would sit and say these things it's ridiculous yeah. so it just enhances this feeling when he says it with these crazy eyes like god created the earth six thousand years ago and i tell my kids you have to remember dinosaurs and human beings lived on the earth at the same time 
what is this sentence like you have yes. to remember that yeah. like it's it's just a it's, it's it would be a clunky line except he delivers it with such sort of hilarity yeah. um that i i don't mind it at all but it is such an absurd thing to say like you said you could imagine tony lashing out about it but he's settling into this zen state that he is uh, in towards the end of the episode so it makes sense that he would just let it go and then christopher with um so what's he saying that dinosaurs were there with adam and eve and then yeah, tony's which is a like, great question <laughs> and tony's like i guess so and he's like no nah, they would just be running all day but they're supposed to be in paradise i, I don't yeah. quite know what to read on because then uh hesh's daughter is like the evangelicals are are friends of the jews uh because of what jerusalem or israel or something like that and then hesh just goes just you wait and then like it yeah. kind of fades out um I, I i i didn't quite have a read on that um maybe it's because yeah. i don't know enough about uh israel and jews or whatever but i don't know i just felt like it was yeah just a, a, a an extra pinch of pessimism as yeah. if this show didn't have enough of saying that uh evangelicals and anyone in general, they're just going to be your friend while it's convenient for them. And especially for, you know, persecuted peoples, but also just in general, like, yeah, of course, they're our friends right now because uh, they, you know, they benefit from it. Like, that's how friendship works. And that's Hesh's point of view on the situation. That makes sense. I like that. I like that read. Yeah. So, so now Tony goes to his new priest, uh, John, and... He uh, repeats the saying of, like, sometimes we go around feeling pity behind our back is a great wind carrying us. And, yeah, John, John's on board with this. John John likes to talk, um, yeah. which is, you know, a shame. <laughs> uh, well, and I mean, because this is kind of where we hear, we hear the uh, some of the clip from the open, because Tony does mention, you know, he felt like he was being pulled somewhere and, you know, he doesn't want to go back. Uh, and then... He does mention, you know, Pastor Bob would say that you're going to hell. And, you know, uh, Schwinn's like, you know, hey, maybe he's right because, you know, they found that he's got cancer or something. And he makes the quick, the joke of like, oh, maybe you could whack me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Tony, Tony doesn't always enjoy when like outsiders make jokes about how he's a mobster. Yeah, I think he because he's trying to have a different kind of moment here and a kind of connection. So he looks a little bit sad about it. Uh, but yeah, you know, John's kind of like, sorry, bad joke. And, you know, they, they get along fine. I feel like this is basically the same thing he did to Hesh, where he just, like, needs therapy. Whenever he doesn't go to therapy, he needs yeah. to find someone else to talk at about his whole thing. So that's kind of what he's doing here. Absolutely. Um so then after that, he has to walk back to the room by himself because he mentions how Vito takes like an hour and a half long shits because uh, he was walking in the hall with Vito initially. Uh, and then he goes back to Polly. And I believe this is the scene when he kind of does, he throws the line at Polly of, you know, you, you go along with pity for yourself. And I do love, I love when Tony uses a line on someone else that's kind of meant for him or that he's been yeah. thinking about. Uh, it's, it's great, but also, you know, he's kind of got a point, like he, he means well with what he's trying to say, because I do like when he's talking about how she's still your mother and he's trying to like get that through to him, but he's doing it in a Tony way. That's not always great. Yeah. Um, but I do like, uh, our, 
are afraid that it does get through to him and then yeah. maybe you know he does <laughs> although even though it leads to jason just getting the shit kicked out of him and having to pay loads of money it still is a nice thought underneath there somewhere <laughs> oh and i it was earlier in the episode but i guess i never i don't know if i noticed or thought or if they even mentioned because they do mention that he's got that paulie's got a brother and sister and yeah. It, you know, he brings it up to his ma when he's saying he's not fitting the bill anymore. Uh, it is interesting that he was the one that was taking care of her and these other two yeah. but just kind of fucking took off. Uh, and I, I, going back to that earlier scene, too, I do love it when he says, you know, I went without so you could have because uh, it's it's like heartbreaking to me. Cause poor Paulie, like he does kind of go. He's clipping his coupons and, you know, doing whatever. It's not easy for him to uh you know just give his money or his, his valuables for other people um yeah and then oh i lost my train of thought on here because uh i was just seeing ah fuck it i had another thought well, but i lost it okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so then like you said it probably gets through to him there we get uh the rapper gets shot oh the only, i'm sorry the only other thing, yeah. thing i wanted to bring up he uh he brings up Livia, and that's that's always yeah. a very testy thing to do in front of Tony. Um, he yeah. doesn't quite react fully, but you know he just he doesn't want to hear about it clearly because Tony's given him the speech of how Polly d- doesn't realize how good he has it, but you know Polly tries to come back with a well, hey, at least you know maybe you and your mom weren't the best, but at least she was your ma. But then again, she yeah. did try to have him killed. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> not great. Um, so uh, the rapper gets shot. Yeah, we already talked about that. Very funny. Um, Tony is then in his hospital bed again. I think fantasizing about what he's going to eat, and Carmela's there. And I kind of really like this, where Carmela is sort of thinking, looking out the window, and brings up out of nowhere that that whole package she got. She says, "I have to believe that there was more there." Does that just mean that? She thinks they got shortchanged on the cut. Is that what that means? I think so. Yeah, I think she's second guessing. Um, yeah, what they kicked up. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, and uh, she says Vito, especially someone you should watch. And I just kind of love this uh, Breaking Bad feel I get from this, where she's kind of like starting to think a little bit what's going on in this game and says correctly Vito is especially someone you should watch uh, which is very much correct and she's wearing sort of a snazzy business uh, outfit (laughs) while he's in bed and I'm like yeah Sopranos power couple here we go season six let's do this (laughs) hell yeah Uh, then yeah the insurance lady comes back in and you know hey there's the good news you get to go home and they're like oh you sure but yeah I guess it's good um, he does ask her about Schwinn and she tells him. I don't know if that's something that could actually happen where you could just ask uh, about somebody and they tell you <laughs> what happened with their surgery. Definitely shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I get not it. Not with GDPR. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to have this big elongated thing of how he figures out. You could just have her give the line. Oh, I heard. Uh, oh, I think they took his larynx out. See ya. Bye now. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if she, if he isn't a client of hers or, like, with their insurance company or whatever, then she has no legal, like, prerogative to keep what she knows to herself if it's just something she heard in passing. But it is very unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way... Um, we have the next scene where Jason's mother comes and basically begs for him. And even though Tony's kind of like, 
what? No, he's fine. Like, I'm annoyed with him, but, like, I'm not gonna do anything to him. Like, he's family or whatever. Uh, not that he is family, but still. And, yeah, it really gets to Polly. Goes outside, has a bit of a weep. It's interesting the way they shoot it, because, like, the TV's, like, right over his, his shoulder. Like, when it kind of mm. cuts to his close-up. I mean, it's nothing really that I noticed of value. I mean, I guess, like, a Western or something is playing over his shoulder. But just I yeah. just thought it was, like, an interesting shot, because it looks, like, kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, he has to kind of leave the room because he gets very emotional seeing a mother that would, you know, put herself on the line for her son, which in a, I mean, maybe part of it too is even if he does it, he feels like his life is a lie. I feel like Nucci would do something like that for Polly, uh, even still. So I don't know if maybe that's part of what's, uh, knocking around in his head here. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Um, so I want to hurry through the rest of these scenes just because sure. we've already touched on the end of the storylines there. But um, Tony is uh, getting wheeled out of there, decides not to say bye, probably because it's just depressing enough. And the guy's presumably wife is there, too. And it, it would, to be fair to Tony, it's not just him being a dick. It's kind of also like it would be awkward and weird and like he doesn't need to but it's also kind of rude but i don't know it's like we were like two ships passing in the night in this hospital you know we mm. it does it can't continue after this anyway so i'll just do the old irish goodbye yeah yeah uh then when he's out well he, like we said he lets the emt guy off the hook even though you know he was in the wrong completely anyways uh yep. and then tony has this moment outside where he's really taking in because now you're you know, the, the sound design's great because you're really starting to pick up just the, the world. Uh, yeah. And it's always... It, I was just thinking about, you know, just it's just that moment of like, maybe this isn't what Tony's picking up, but when you're having your worst day of your life, the world's still going on. Like, nothing's changing. People are still yeah. doing going to their work, whatever. I mean, in this moment, he's taking it as a gift and he does basically tell... Um, Janice that Janice. you know yeah, yeah every day is a gift uh she doesn't quite react too much to it I don't know what I don't know if there's much to read there or not or, uh the Soprano session kind of gets into like oh Janice knows that this is temporary and she understands that uh, yeah. the way Tony and I don't know if there's that much there but I guess it's an interesting take on it yeah I would say that's fair um, and yeah, I, the, like you said, the sound design here and just the look of it. And even though I've never been shot by my uncle or anyone else, <laughs> um, as far as you need to know, um, I, I still have had moments and I think everyone has where you're just kind of more than usually taking in what's around you. Maybe it's just cause you've had a nap and you wake up and you're like what the fuck is going on around me and you and especially like looking up at leaves as he's doing later um but like this as well just kind of looking around and being surprised by everything around you and i do love the way that that's presented here and also later there after his uh scene where he accepts the deal when he goes outside and it's of course a a great cut too i mean you gotta give props to that uh, cut it's great uh, right yeah so good <laughs> it's so great because yeah you you're in tony's point of view but then you're not because then yeah when um jason comes kind of trotting in with his uh i don't know toboggan whatever the fuck it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and i mean it's a good callback to you know uh, when he's outside what is it the inn at the when he was in his coma dream 
the Inn at the Oaks. When he's outside yes. the Inn at the Oaks, and it's kind of doing the same camera move in the, the, the wind's blowing through the trees, and he hears Meadow, and then we kind of have this camera move here, and the other wind's blowing through the trees, but we reveal we're with Jason. And again, kind of going back to what we were talking about at the start of the episode, we get a quick shot of Polly, then right to Tony, and now we're getting that same thing here. We have two two guys that kind of don't know who they are uh, and, you know, going on their own paths because of that. And it's great the way it cuts to Jason and, and Polly and Polly beating the shit out of him <laughs> and threatening him and saying, don't ever tell Tony or, you know, you'll die. And then we cut back to Tony being totally unaware of any of this. Still there, still like serene. Yes. Looking up at those trees just uh, to hit home this point of like, that we've seen over and over that it's the innocents that get hurt and all of this and tony isn't even going to know that this is happening uh even though yeah he's obviously involved and it's basically his fault and he's just looking at these leaves man yeah and he's kind of got like a grin on his face almost like you know uh, this day is a gift and he's happy and you know maybe things will change but i I also feel like the way it's cut to it does show that probably not <laughs> yes it probably won't <laughs> it definitely won't yeah. so really solid episode i think yeah. um it's it's been weird because we've had a larger break than usual so the rhythm of the season is a bit off for me uh but i have to remind myself we're still at the start of season six and now that we're past this bit i honestly cannot guess for the life of me what comes next like because this has been the season so far. Like, there was some other stuff in the first episode or whatever with Sushi, and that's been totally irrelevant because yeah. Junior shot him, and that's been the focus ever since. Uh, but I feel like we're getting past that. Tony's getting past that. Is he going to change due to this, or is Janice right? Is it completely temporary? Uh, I can't wait to find out and see what happens next on The Sopranos. Yes, absolutely. And um, again, you know, I, I, I hope we didn't scare you away with our, you know, break, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be back doing as best we can. You know, maybe every now and then we might have an off week, but we're going to we're going to truck on down to the ending of The Sopranos. We're with you. Uh, so hope yeah. you're with us as well. And as we read at the top of the show, we did get a review. So we do appreciate that. If you go to uh, Cut to Black Soprano, sit down on Apple Podcasts or you know, if you'd use another podcaster that does accept reviews, please rate and review, subscribe. And you can send us your thoughts to shows what you know show at gmail.com. I think that about covers it. I did want to mention, though, we have hinted at before we have a new show called blank meets blank uh that you can find at showswhatyouknow.com. on that podcast we uh basically come up with ideas for television shows so every episode we draw two random things and based on that in just an hour we come up with an idea uh, a pilot uh a story structure for a whole new television show usually a quite ridiculous one uh but it's so much fun to do and uh we have the first episode out right now where we mash up uh die hard with the concept of fake news and uh, arrive at something quite strange and i think quite wonderful you can find that at showswhatyouknow.com or just search blank meets blank on your podcatcher of choice and please do rate and review that as well if you do enjoy that show and i hope people weren't annoyed if if it popped up on your uh, oh yeah, cut to black feed. <laughs> I imagine it wouldn't be annoying, but maybe it'd be a little annoying. But I hope you still enjoyed it. 
Yeah, well, maybe if you don't do a show for a month and then you release a different show. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, don't give it. To, if you didn't enjoy it, don't go and write and review. But I'm just saying, if you liked it, yeah, give it a chance. I, I think it's really good. I think it's one of the better things we've done. Anyway, that's it for this week. There's just one more thing to say, Jim. Oh, what's that? Cut to black. <laughs>